Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining the We Don't Play podcast show today. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having me on. Anytime, anytime. You know, I feel like some of these topics we bring up to having healthy relationships. And I just thought of someone that would handle that question and answer very well. And I thought of you and I was like, why not? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's one of my favorite conversations to have. So that's perfect. Yeah. Anytime, anytime. Let people know who you are, what you do and how did you get started into you know all this like where did this all begin for you and as far as mindset okay yeah for sure okay so my name is sarah hughes and i am a the host of the sex and bacon podcast um i guess background i you know actually was a stripper exotic entertainer whatever you want to call it for you know well over 10 years and even before i got into that i always had this interest in working in a strip club as like a server like i was just mesmerized by nudity and women and sexuality and like I just had this curiosity at such a young age to kind of like be surrounded by you know that that excitement that feeling of it um and then it kind of just like went from there like I worked doing it for yeah around 10 12 years and I just always felt so free when I was in a strip club or I was at you know, a bachelor party and, you know, working, it was just kind of being naked and being in my sexuality and being able to, you know, kind of harness that control and that power always just felt so freeing and so liberating for me that it was just, it was kind of like my safe space, right? But there was always so much negative, you know, outside opinion and judgment on women and the industry and all of these things that just really seemed to kind of take over I guess how it is that I felt being able to express my sexuality and it was just like this weird thing that it's like you can't quite figure out like why everybody was always so against talking about sex why there was so much you know judgment around women and their sexuality and the expression of it and yet on the other end it's like when you can kind of lean into it and you know you start to like feel it for yourself you realize how empowering it really is but like the society we live in, it just doesn't really seem like it ever kind of allowed women to feel comfortable expressing their sexuality and talking about sex and talking about desires and fantasies and all of those things. So, you know, after 12 years of doing it, I did get out because I had this idea that I had to eventually grow up. Um, Everybody said, you can't do this forever. You know, almost like my life wouldn't start until I stopped you know, working in that industry, like I couldn't have a healthy relationship if I was still in that industry and all of these things. So I eventually got out of it, but I just felt like there was a part of me missing, like I wasn't honoring who I really was and I didn't know how else to kind of express this like internal sexuality that I had. Um, And then eventually that led to kind of the podcast where it was just like, I felt like I needed an app, like a, a channel, an outlet for it for conversations for you know showing people that you know women can be many things we're not just labeled as maybe the career we do whether it be a sex worker sugar baby stripper this or that or just a woman who really wants to enjoy pleasure and orgasm so kind of is where the podcast kind of unfolded from that and being able to still have that so yeah it's been quite the journey that's really nice you know when you mentioned the podcast what came to mind was the bacon part and I was wondering okay. what what brought the bacon into the sex. <laughs> okay, so it's kind of a funny story. 
So on the back of my neck, I have two tattoos and I got them when I was really young. The first one is a Chinese symbol up at the back and this Chinese symbol actually stands for sex. And I got that at like 17. It was like at that age even, I was like, sex is a priority, sex is everything, this and that. And then underneath I had these little Aquarius waves put. But I mean like these tattoos are like over 20 years old and somebody at work once said like, oh, it looks like you have bacon strips on the back of like your neck. So it's like essentially it's like I had sex and bacon. So it kind of was just like this ongoing joke and uh, then I was thinking about it, it was like, hey, well, bacon itself is something that is kind of like, you know, savory, it's a breakfast thing. And women typically talk about sex over breakfast, you know, first thing in the morning, what do we do? We call our girlfriends, you know, we tell them about our sex stories from the night before. And it's like that ongoing thing of kind of like, you know, talking about it. So it just kind of had two plays there where it was like a tattoo and then also just like the the meaning of like, you know, breakfast and conversations that women seem to have all the time. So, yeah. That's classic. I, I would yeah. have never guessed that. I would have thought that maybe bacon is your favorite meal of the day, you know, for breakfast. But I didn't know it was like that. No. Oh yeah. So well, because actually, originally it was like my this guy friend at work. He's like, "Oh, you should do an OnlyFans," and I was like, "Yeah, if I do, it'll be like, you know, just a food-based OnlyFans." And it was like, "I'll just call it Sexy Bacon." And then obviously, I switched from like you know the whole OnlyFans till I was like, "No, no, we're gonna do a podcast." And yeah, so now that you mentioned OnlyFans, what is your take on it? Did you want to do it with food in mind? Because when people imagine people subscribing and then they find food, they'll I won't say they'll unsubscribe, but they'll be so mad. They'll be like, I didn't sign up for food. <laughs> okay, so it would have been like like a sexual food thing. Like there's a big niche for like food porn, which is really weird to say, but like there, it's a whole thing. And whether it be, you know, girls are masturbating with carrots or cucumbers or eggplant, whatever, to, you know, chocolate syrup sundae, the whole ice cream sexual thing all over your body. So... There is like a whole niche where it's like you can make it sexual so it still include a lot of that but uh yeah it was just like really like the effort and time that you'd have to put into like actually creating that and i was just like i'm way too lazy for like that kind of stuff so <laughs> like no that's out <laughs> but, okay okay i like yeah. i like the concept it makes it even more exciting because you can actually listen to those episodes in the morning maybe that's maybe what your audience could be yeah doing you know yeah it's true I, don't get me wrong like i tried to like you know do like the only fans thing for like a little tiny period i was like you know what like why not try everybody keeps asking me but again like i don't have like the time and energy to constantly sit there and like post and you know to share it here and there and do all of the work it would literally have to be where like somebody's coming over they're taking the pictures taking the videos they're posting the content they're running the account they're doing it like i just don't have that kind of uh, mental capacity to you know put into it when i have so many other things going on so i was like yeah it's not for me but okay i'm glad yeah. you i'm glad you brought that up so that when they listen to the podcast they don't just think about the bacon and even when i was mm -hmm. thinking about your podcast cover art i i think that's i don't know what animal it looks like a deer or yeah. like, it's a deer okay so what's the significance of the deer and you like this <laughs> uh 
because that's when I'm smoking the cigar and like drinking the scotch, right? Mm -hmm. So funny enough, that photo shoot actually had like a whole other purpose that uh, I was at that like location. It's it was my friend's um, boyfriend's at the time his office that is literally just his office at his business. He's got all these dead animals and this cool vibe, these like skulls and stuff. And so we were doing like a whole photo shoot with like vegetables kind of on like, you know, my privates, my boobs and whatever as like, you know, a whole vegetarian kind of thing. And then last minute, it kind of was like, I had that lingerie and stuff. And she's like, let's just do some shots, you know, on this desk. And, you know, I was smoking the cigar and the scotch. And then it's like, once everything came out, I was like, that's the cover. And I think for me, it was kind of just like this whole I guess if you think of it, it's like, that's a very masculine environment, you know, like the smoking of a cigar, the scotch, the dead animals, just that whole environment of where I'm sitting is very masculine. But it's like, as the woman, it's like, I'm taking over and I'm controlling that environment and kind of, you know, like, it's like women stepping into their power in, let's just say, you know, a male dominant kind of world, right? So it was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm my own boss. I'm creating this and doing it for myself right yeah I, now that you're yeah. mentioning i'm glad i asked this question because i've always been like what was the story behind it and what led mm -hmm. to it and now that you've brought it it's like it brings it back in full circle and yeah and, and now it, it makes it look like when they listen to the episodes they feel like i'm in being empowered because i'm hearing somebody else's story totally yeah. And it gives women the freedom. I think like having these conversations gives women the freedom to kind of, you know, think about their own sexuality and think about their own sex life and think about their own ways of expressing, you know, that for them and taking control of their sex life and pleasure and orgasms. And, you know, it's just we always think that it's like those are conversations we can't have and you have to be you know careful where you have them and feel ashamed to have like kinks and fantasies but the reality is is like we all have them just people don't talk about them because they think that they're wrong but they're not wrong that's just the programming that we've been told from how we've been raised you know for generations that sex is taboo fantasies are taboo porn is taboo and all of these things when in all reality it's a very healthy, natural thing to want and to want to talk about it and to have support and to express it. It's just, you know, we're not quite there yet, especially in North America where it's accepted as much. So Right. And it's also on ads, you know, it's in your face on Times Square. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's right there. But, you know, that also gets me thinking because some people have this moral values and it's like, how do you decipher or like detach between moral values in, pub in public and then those same moral values maybe being dissolved when you're with someone that is your partner and you want to be the opposite um i think that there is you know for some people obviously you know they're not as maybe comfortable for expressing those things more openly mm -hmm. um but I and, I and I get it, like some people are just very private people where say those conversations are just not conversations they're, they want to share with other people and that's okay. Uh, but behind closed doors, it's like they still have that, you know, that freedom of self-expression and that freedom to, you know, explore and be curious about all of these things. I think it's when 
you know, people who aren't comfortable with it are passing the judgment or, you know, their fears around it or their discomfort with it is when they're projecting it onto other people is when it becomes an issue. And I mean, morally speaking, I mean, unless somebody is, you know, as long as nothing that is going on or that you are doing is hurting somebody else, I feel like there's there's really no room for judgment onto other people, no matter what they're into. Um, I think religion needs to come out of sex when people, you know, really have this idea that religious views or religious beliefs and things to do with like church and stuff has an impact on, say, a person's openness for sex or sexuality and it affects it. That's where like I feel like things kind of can get really messy where people think like, well, if I if I have these desires and I have these fantasies and I'm exposed to all of these things, then that means I'm maybe not a good you know, Christian person or I'm doing something against my religion. And it's like, that's where I feel like people kind of get, you know, stuck thinking, where's the balance? I can't be this person and this person. Can I really be somebody who likes to be spanked, but then still be, you know, a good mother or a good member of society or whatever, right? Like it's always seems to be that people have this idea that you can't be this version of yourself that, you know, maybe you're BDSM freak, but then you go to church and you pray on Sundays. Like, you know, like there's that confusion that who am I, right? When it comes to sex and sexuality. That is deep. A lot of people are having that problem, even in like as relationships, couples, you know, just trying to find that balance and striking it. Is there a way to take mm-hmm. that out of the equation? Is there really a way, especially because you've been grown into, you've pretty much been homegrown, if I can use that word, into that mm-hmm. mental state? I think communication is probably the biggest thing that people kind of struggle with, especially in relationships. They don't know how to express to say their partner something that they want. Um, for being somebody who is very sexual and also kind of grew up in that lifestyle of being exposed to everything even for myself when it came to my own sexuality and my own intimacy with partners i still had this idea that it was my job to please my partner where it didn't really matter if i had an orgasm and really women have this mentality that like okay well we need to please them so we'll just fake it or you know we'll finished ourselves off later and it was just always one of those things where it's like communication around what we needed in order for us to enjoy sex for us and have our partner be open to you know hearing that message and receiving and wanting to please it's a struggle right like that is where communication in a relationship I think people have the hardest time slowing down expressing what they need saying hey you know what this doesn't work for me you might be into that and that's great that it turns you on and it helps you achieve you know orgasm but it actually takes away from me being able to have my orgasm and i think as women are learning more about you know sex and their own sexuality and what pleases them and their orgasm and the importance of an orgasm for like for ourselves is where like those walls and those barriers and communication become so important and finding a way to be able to express it where you feel seen and you feel heard and you feel like your partner's actually going to take into consideration like your needs as well in the bedroom and theirs as well too right like i mean a man's sexuality and a man's expression of it and his needs are just as important but 
old programming as a woman, I think we always felt like it was our job to please them, to make sure that they're having a good time because that was our role, right? Exactly. Thank you so much for that. Have you been able mm-hmm. to experience that at any point in time, maybe like before you left the, the strip or after? Was there that control? I wouldn't say like control, but was there that kind of domination, you know, so to speak on that? Um, so I think for me, the way I controlled everything, you know what, in my, in my sex life and in relationships, I have kind of always been the more dominant one. Hmm. Um, and I think that was probably, I mean, obviously let's like, we won't get into that, but it's probably lots of past traumas and things where it's like, then that was the one area that like I could be in control. And because of being, you know, an entertainer or a stripper, it was just, I had to control the men, you know, in a room for whatever reason. And so in the bedroom, then it was just like, I felt more comfortable being in control. And I always had a really hard time letting the guy kind of guide and lead. And maybe just because it's like, I didn't have the trust issue, like trust issues or I didn't feel safe. But I would say more now in the last few years is finally where it's like, I've actually started to be like, okay, I want to be able to enjoy things in a different way. I want to take control of like, you know, my own internal personal healing or pleasure, but in a way where it's like, I can let go so that the guy can actually still be in control, then I can still enjoy it. And I mean, that takes work. Like that takes a lot of like, you know, really actually kind of being able to vocalize that to the person you're with, trusting them to not push boundaries that you don't want being pushed. Um, I spend obviously a lot of time interviewing women and men through the podcast about different things for sexual healing, sexual traumas. I'm working with this amazing lady right now on Tantra and transformation. And again, it's for that that thing for me to be able to kind of, you know, be like, okay, I want to own my body. I want to own my, my orgasms, but how can I do that in a way where it like transfers over into the bedroom where it's like, I can give up control to say my partner and still achieve the same things without having to be in control. Right? Exactly. Is that, mm-hmm. is that mindset? Cause it's everything to do with the mind, even for guys too. If your mind is not there, if you don't find her attractive, nothing's, mm-hmm. nothing's happening because your your mind is off that. And then also for women, like you said, they fake it. But some you yeah. can't you you know they say fake it till you make it, but you can't you can't really fake that long because now mm-hmm. you're also depriving the man of his ability to do what he can do, and that gets into that whole thing of you're just dehumanizing the whole thing completely. You know? Yeah. And I mean, how sad for like a woman to actually have to be like oh well yeah i just do my wifely duties and let him do it once a week but it's kind of like oh whatever you know like why would you not want to fully enjoy your sexual experience just as much as what he gets to enjoy it and if that means you have to tell him hey you know what like i need 10 to 15 minutes of like foreplay or i need you to talk dirty to me you know, for 15 minutes before we even get to the bedroom. Because women are more mental, you know, when it comes to sex. Like, we need that mental stimulation, whether it's some dirty text messages throughout the day, you know, building it up, kind of turning us on throughout the day to get to that point. Like, if these are the things that we need to feel like we can be in the mood or we want to partake 
in you know the sexual experience that we're going to have with somebody then it's like we need to be able to say those things without feeling like we're asking too much and i think sometimes that's what it is is like we think like oh they'll think it's too much work and you know i know he just really wants to get off or all of these things but you know it really is about kind of that whole like no no this is about us too and if you're not going to take the time to think about what i want and what i need then like you don't get what you want or what you need you know mm-hmm. that is true it's very it's very delicate you know there's a lot of conspiracy about it you know some people mm-hmm. may want to record themselves they wouldn't want to do it some people may just want to try and there's this thing of oh well it, if it leaks because like you said past incidences you know like what happened with celebrities and their news mm-hmm. getting leaked so there's this thing of i can be free because the freedom has really been breached yeah fair um i you know what's funny i have friends and that are always like i have never ever sent a nude I like, or I've never sent pictures. I would never do that since, you know, videos. Like, I don't know who they're showing. And I, and I get that. However, I think for me, it's always just been like, okay, so, so what? So somebody sees a picture of you naked. So somebody sees a video of you, whatever. It's like, we all have it. We all do it. You know, it's living in fear that I think is like what stops sometimes stops us from being able to like enjoy those things or being able to lean into your dirty freaky side you know like mm-hmm. i mean as far as safety goes yeah i just don't send pictures or videos with like my face in it anything else it's like you know what have it enjoy it do whatever you want with it it makes me feel empowered so i don't care you know wow that that starts to give me thoughts about what it really means to enjoy yourself because sometimes people don't even get to that point where they do that they probably mm-hmm. have never tried because their partners were not up for that and you know some people want to try that but their couples are like no we're not doing that so it, it blocks yeah. it and i'm like is this a deal breaker or is it just a fixer upper yeah i don't know i mean i think that's where it kind of comes back to like that communication of like boundaries or like being able to talk to your partner let's just say like first dates or second or third dates talking about sex talking about like your interests talking about things that like you need in the bedroom and making sure you're on the same page like hey you know what i love to send nudes it makes me feel really good about myself when i'm having a sexy day and i want to take a picture and i want to send it to you like do you like receiving nudes you know like are you into lingerie like i think i dated this one guy who like he hated lingerie absolutely hated it thought it was hideous couldn't stand the color black all of these things it's like so i was like okay i was like i will never put on a sexy lacy pair of underwear for you but it's like wow if i wouldn't have known that i mean women typically throw on some lacy sexy something and like assume your partner is really into that but you know it's having those conversations it's like you know do you like masturbation videos do you want me to send you this or you know hey are you into anal or do you like toys like what is it that you like that commonly works for you i mean that's the big thing too i find with couples let's just say in open relationships or swingers clubs or polyamory i've had men and women tell me we opened up our relationship because my wife was very into bdsm like aggressive bdsm and she likes to be you know caned and whipped and hit 
And he's like, and I tried to do that for her, but I couldn't do it. I physically felt horrible afterwards for doing it, even though it turned her on. So I knew I couldn't fulfill this part of her sexual desires, but I still wanted her to be able to feel fulfilled and, you know, have that. So we opened up our relationship so she could seek out a BDSM partner. It's like, okay, but you wouldn't have known that if you didn't have that conversation. And if, as a woman, you go to your partner and you're like, hey, you know what, I really want to explore BDSM. I'm really into that. I think it would be amazing. And your partner just shuts you down and says, no, I'm good. As a woman, you walk away then still feeling like your needs aren't being met and there's a whole part of you that you're not getting to explore and you're missing out on, you know? But those are conversations you have to be able to have. Those are things you need to be able to express comfortably and in a safe environment to your partner. And if they're not willing to have those conversations with you, sometimes that's where then I beg to question people of like, okay, well, what foundation of a relationship do you really have if you cannot have these conversations? like? Sexual health is so important for men and for women. And yet we act like it's it's not important and that it doesn't fix things. But sexual health can actually help with mental health and actually helps with physical health. Like there's a lot of power and healing that comes from your sexuality. Whew. I think this is a masterclass people need to rewind <laughs> because one thing that stood out the most to me when you said that was, you know, the health part of it, because everyone wants to be healthy. And then, you know, when you hear about different types of cases that happen when you're like, oh, OK, you haven't even, you know, ejaculated for the past 365 days that could mm-hmm. do something to you healthy wise, health wise. But you would never know what that condition may lead to because you're not in the know until you figure it out and you're like oh so this is what is causing that Mm -hmm. and some people also say that when you take a lot of things like some people like you said cigars some people take um alcohol some people take you know cigarettes they some people you know do edibles do weed do you know all these things and some people find it very like don't i don't want like this is messing up with my health emotionally mentally and it's Mm -hmm. draining me and now I can't be myself, not because I'm trying to please you or anyone, but I can't just be myself around you because I feel like I'm confining into this box. Yeah. Um, I think that all of those external things that sometimes we use for self-soothing, self-medicating, whether it be drugs or alcohol, alcohol or all of those things, they do affect our mental health regardless of what people want to admit. Uh, it's just the reality of it. And when your mental health is affected, your sexual health is affected. And it's just this vicious circle. And so, yeah, I mean, I get it. Some people like to, you know, to party, to do drugs, to drink. And sometimes that can help, you know, with bring down our walls and our barriers and help us be more open to trying new things sexually. It takes off that edge, right? But to rely on it, I think is where people kind of get into trouble, right? And I'll be honest, the when I was thinking about it like last year, there was I was in a situation where I was going to, you know, have sex with somebody and alcohol wasn't an option. It was not even something we had access to. It was I was working somewhere, it's complete, you know, dry camp and this guy wanted to, you know, get together and I panicked and I said that to my friends. I was like, I have not 
it been in a sexual situation for the last two to however many years where I've not been able to have at least one to two to three drinks prior or whether it be smoking weed or something like I've never been able to do that and I didn't think I could do it I was like how do I have sex with somebody sober how do I even go through you know the motions of doing this and I felt so uncomfortable in my own skin to be with somebody sober and like I was like okay I have to do this because what does that say about where I'm at with myself my sexuality and you know enjoying sex if I didn't think I could get through being with somebody so vulnerable without taking anything to kind of mask you know that uncomfortableness and it was actually one of the most freeing things for me to go through it, it was weird and awkward to start because you're like I've never done this I don't know how to do this but then at the same time I was like that's kind of sad that I don't know how to be my sexual being without relying on a substance to help me be comfortable in my own skin and so it's like once I kind of went through that I was like yeah okay I can do this now it's like I leaned into it and funny enough the more that I did it sober the more I actually got to experience you feel things differently when you're sober compared to when you're under the influence of something yeah. and it's better you you have more feelings you have more nerve endings that are kind of you know heightened and it's a way better experience to do that and I'm not saying like you have to can only ever have sex sober like of course you know drinks and fun but to not actually be able to do it at all and to think you need something to get into that comfortable state, that's where then it becomes a problem. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Because what you said really caught my attention, the relying part. Because when you rely mm -hmm. on something to do something, then you can't do it because you're mentally deprived. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? totally. And, and I feel like some people also are different like you said they're different when they're drunk they're different when they're sober they're different when they're high and they're different when they're all three <laughs> in a way mm -hmm. you oh, know? totally yeah but how does someone say okay this is what i want to do and if you're not with it you can leave but not saying in a harsh way and at the same time take how do you putting yourself first that's what i wanted to say putting yourself first but at the same time not being selfish it's kind of like a hard thing to do you know it is, um, I genuinely, genuinely believe if there is a, if there is love and there is trust and there is a foundation up in a relationship, I don't really know that I feel like two people ever really have to worry about whether or not they're being selfish or they're not putting themselves first with their needs. And I think men and women both want to always make sure that their partner is you know feeling like their needs are being met just as much as their own um i think unfortunately a lot of people are in a lot of unhealthy relationships and that's where it's like you see that a lot uh, where somebody feels like you know if I want these things, I'm being selfish. Or if I don't get these things, I'm, I'm not honoring who I am. And I think it's just, we're in such a place of people settle. People want to fill a void because I think there's a lot of healing that men and women really need to do in general. And unfortunately, it's kind of only something that's really kind of becoming big 
in the last few years where men and women are actually kind of like, you know, looking at that and wanting to heal and wanting to like, you know, grow and be the best versions of themselves. So then it's like, okay, I'm going to honor this, this part of myself. I'm going to do self-love. I'm going to think about what I really want. But there's a lot of people who just get into relationships to fill the void. And that's when I think that you really have that unbalance of like, you know, two people not actually there for the right reasons. And so they don't really care if their partner is satisfied. They don't really care what their partner's big needs are. And it's just, yeah, that's the unfortunate, sad truth of dating and relationships these days, right? That I, don't, I honestly don't know if I have probably more than two or three people in my life that are in healthy relationships. Everybody else, and there's a lot of people I know, and a lot of friends, and a lot of men and women that, you know, I'm surrounded by all the time, and I would say 90% of them are really unhealthy relationships, but people are just so used to, you know, functioning in that state that they don't really know how to claim what it is that they desire, what it is they feel that they, you know, are worth in a relationship. This is big. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for that. This is huge. This is even beyond sex. This is you. <laughs> you know, this is oh, your, yeah. your whole being, like your life, which is big and it's important. And that also even makes me think about social media. Like you said, you know, people are, it's, it's actually fascinating for you to say that because if your friends, you're looking at their social media and the people that don't know what you know, look at their social mm-hmm. media and think they're having a time of their lives. But in real essence, it's not the truth then Mm -hmm. it also brings that mirrored image or that blurry vision and how does someone like get themselves out of that you know what would you tell them just closing into this podcast what would you tell them Mm -hmm. if there's one thing they have to leave with what is that thing they have to think about and do um you know what i think it's like no matter what you're always going to look at social media and you're going to look at couples and you're going to look at people and you're going to always think like they're so happy let's be honest we put our best face foot forward on social media um and so you're always going to see the happiest part of somebody's life on social media the happiest part of their relationship i have people that i know in my life that it's like i would never in a million years have ever thought that you know they had a bad relationship or bad marriage and you know they've been together for 20 years 30 years and all of a sudden you get to know them and they've been struggling for 10 years and so i really do think I think people need to actually accept and know that it's okay to be alone. It's okay to be single. It's okay to have boundaries and it's okay to walk away from something that is not fulfilling. We don't owe anybody our lives, our bodies, our happiness, our peace. You don't owe that to anybody else. The only person that you owe that to is yourself and you have to honor it in any way that you can, whether that's a separation, whether that's you know, rediscovering who you are, your sexuality, being single. Maybe it's going out there and having casual sex with, I don't know, let's just say 10 guys a month, you know, like figuring out who you are. Um, And I think like we need to be able to give men and women permission to do that. Permission to leave an unhealthy relationship, permission to, you know, figure it out, to work with a coach, to do whatever it is you need to do but not to feel like you ever owe somebody else, you know, anything about you, your life, your sexuality, and to stay with people that like really don't help you grow or don't help you be the best version of yourself. 
So true. Thank you mm-hmm. so much, Sarah. This has been very helpful. I feel like this is like a therapy session for some people. This might be some kinks for some people. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's also brought that mature perspective and not just, oh, it's talk about sex, but it's really about mm-hmm. your health and where you need to be mentally so you can function for people that you love. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you. Definitely. You know, I'm sure some people may want to connect with you or learn more about you or you never know. Do something that may also help you with, you know, what you have as well that they've heard. What are the options they have available to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So my Instagram for, you know, where all of this stuff for the podcast is, is at confessions of a fuckaholic. Um, spelled out exactly how you would think it would be and then on any streaming platform you know apple spotify so the sex and bacon podcast they can look us up there we're on youtube as well Um, again just sex and bacon and yeah so easy to find easy to reach out to so amazing thank you so much and also i appreciate you just letting you know thank you so much for hosting me as well on your show that was that was beautiful and i appreciate it so just wanted to let guys know that hey it's not just one way it's a two-way thing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and i'm happy that i could come on and you know have a conversation with you too and i'm glad that you were able to come on and share with everybody all of our listeners your experiences and stuff too so it was a lot of fun yeah anytime till we meet again Mm -hmm. thank you so much and i'll speak to you soon absolutely sounds good thanks